With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 266 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Tuesday, July 24, 2012. On today's show, I'm very excited about this. Uh, the AFP National Conference of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students just starts in mere hours. And uh, I have two medical students uh, that are going to be uh, talking about the meeting. They're bringing the energy. They're very excited about it. And uh, they'll be coming up in a little bit. Uh, Diana Tucci from the University of Pittsburgh and also Aaron Meyer from the, the St. Louis University. I don't know why I say that because I'm an idiot. Uh, but we'll be talking about a lot of different stuff uh, during this show. And uh, thank you all uh, for joining me. We're going to be talking about that. And, uh, yeah, and, and the fact that I haven't really packed yet and uh, that uh, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. So that all should be very exciting as well. And the chat room is open, too, for the uh, for the live people, so uh, you can join us there. Uh, all that coming up on Episode 266 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. That's right, as we open every show here. I'm milking this for the rest of the year. This is the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians. This is Dr. Glenn Stream. Um, this year, one of my commitments and, and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and, and our frontline membership. Uh, on, on Monday, a Twitter handle, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold, at uh, AFPPrez, P-R-E-Z. I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000. Um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine, social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has uh, nearly 7,000 uh, members. medicine and social media this is the family medicine rocks podcast i'm your host family medicine's gold medal winning radio host that's right my name is mike savilla hey uh i ask this question all the time what is the show about and sometimes i get uh, confused about that uh but this show is by a family physician for the growing family medicine community of which you are now a part of just by listening to this show I encourage you to check out uh, my digital library of stuff at uh, FamilyMedicineRocks.com. Shout out to all, uh, let's see, how many people do I have here? All 9,854 people follow me on Twitter. Why, I have no idea. 
but uh, I'm humbled by that. Thank you so much for that. Also, shout out to all 432 people who like the Facebook page for this show. Thank you so much for that. Today is Tuesday, July 24, 2012. It is 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central. And uh, here at uh, Family Medicine Rock's World Headquarters, um, it is still 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I know (laughs) in the Kansas City area this week, it'll probably be north of 100, so I shouldn't be complaining that much. So how's your week going here, uh, kids? You know, I just want to thank everybody for uh, your continued support of the show. Uh, my last show was just uh, last week uh, with our good friend Dr. Kevin Bernstein, and uh, already hundreds, you know, of, of downloads on this on that show. And I know you'll do that for this as well. So thank you so much. Uh, you put us in the most popular list of health-related podcasts for this week. Thank you so much for that. Um, and for those of you, I know some of those of you who are, are listening to the show, you may be going out to Kansas City for the first time, or maybe multiple times that you've been out there. But I want to give you a little. Kansas City social media tip uh, that I learned on one of my last uh, last journeys out there. Did you know uh, that the Kansas City Airport uh, is probably one of the most uh, social media friendly uh, that I have seen out there? Because every time I come into Kansas City, I tweet that I'm there. I do my Foursquare check-in. And then the Kansas City Airport Twitter account uh, tweets me back and says, hey, welcome to Kansas City. Uh, so here's your little tip here. So if you're flying into Kansas City, or even before you leave your home airport, uh, give a tweet to the Kansas City Airport Twitter account. It is at KCI Airport. And I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. They're going to give me a free retweet just saying hello. And I'm hoping that with the help of the KCI Airport and everybody listening to this podcast, uh, that we'll be able to uh, get uh, get the hashtag out there and get people seeing it. So try that out. That's my little social media experiment there. And the other thing I'm going to try during this meeting this week is, uh, you know, I got my iPad and I got my uh, – I got my little Google Plus uh, app for it, and uh, it's a it's a new app, that, uh, an updated app, and uh, what it says is they can they can do a Google Hangout from the iPad. So what I'm going to try to do if if the uh, uh, if the Wi-Fi holds up is to try to do a Google Hangout from the show floor, from the exhibit floor. How cool would that be? So uh, so stay tuned to my Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff, and uh, that's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting to try out. And also, I want to give a shout out here before I bring my guests on. I'm going to give a big shout out to my good friend uh, Dr. Jay Lee from California, who minutes before this show went live, uh, he, uh, he he posted his latest uh, blog post here on the Family uh, uh, Medicine Revolution site. It's FamilyMedicineRevolution.org, and uh, his uh, title of his post is RFM Revolution Olympic Moment. And I'm going to read the first two paragraphs here. In advance of this year's meeting, I blogged about family medicine and origin stories. My premise was that all heroes have an origin story and that all family dogs are heroes, so why wouldn't we? In the process, I learned these pointers about constructing your origin story. Give a reason to care, number one. Number two... Don't make your hero a chosen one. Give him a chance to prove himself or herself. It may be useful to tie your character's origin story to the villain's plot. Number three. Number four, don't take the character's background too exceptional. And the last one, give us a chance of a happy ending. And if you want to read more about it, you can go to the California Academy um, site, or you can also go to felonymedicinerevolution.org and uh, 
click on the blog over there. So big shout out to uh, Dr. Lee. We're going to be presenting uh, this week uh, during this week's meeting about what else, uh, social media and family medicine and social justice. So those of you going out to the meeting, check us out on Thursday at 11 a.m. and I believe 2.30 p.m. Uh, so I have blabbered on enough. <laughs> so we will bring in our guest here. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host here on this network. Thank you so much for that. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005. And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a family physician in full-time private practice, meaning I see patients in the hospital and in my office and in a nursing home and in other uh, venues and capacities there uh, here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. Uh, so I will bring my guest on. They will be coming on right after this. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. Just Google FM Revolution for more details. And also a member of the ProMed Network of Podcasts. You can go to promednetwork.com, and uh, my guest will be coming up right after this. Give me one when I'm breathing with Medicine's leading voice in social media in my own mind. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast right here on the Block Talk Radio Network and on the line with us. So I'm very excited about this. Uh, this is going to be very cool. Uh, so we have Diana Tukey from the University of Pittsburgh and Aaron Meyer from uh, St. Louis University. Welcome to the show there, my new friends. Thanks hey, for having us on the show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so Diana, and uh, you've been talking a little bit. Uh, you were a little bit dark today on uh, <laughs> on Twitter there, uh, and uh, you took a uh, a big exam today. Uh, it was kind of a rite of passage for medical students, and uh, um, just for people, because there's a lot of people who listen to the show who are not really in the medical field or who are familiar with the medical school process. Um, kind of describe, you know, what what that test was today, and and kind of the significance to it in your uh, uh, in your medical career. So it's like, Mike, I did have to go dark from Twitter for about eight hours today. That was a big deal. Um, But it was to take, for me to take a step two CK. So um, for us in med school, we have three steps that we have to take as part of our licensing exams. You have to pass them to be a real doctor. So I'm getting there on my way. I did step one last year, and step two has two parts. So I did the first part today, and that was a computer-based sort of multiple-choice test. And then the second part I'll be doing in November, which is a uh, standardized patient exam where you practice your clinical skills or demonstrate your clinical skills as a medical student and sort of as a human being, too, I think. So it's very geared towards family medicine in my head. Um, and then step three will be, you know, during intern year after I graduate from med school. So um, I'm that much closer to uh, being a doctor, and um, it's got a lot of personal significance for me because I've been, I just finished my third year, and third year is a time where you do a lot of um, your core rotations, and usually there's a test at the end of every core rotation 
So I've been taking tests every three to five weeks for the last year. And as of today, I do not have another test to take until November 8th. So through the whole month that I don't have to say I'm so excited about that, I cannot even tell you. How exciting that is for me. <laughs> uh, and, Aaron, I know you can really, uh, I don't know I mean, uh, if, if you're at that point yet, but kind of kind of tell us what, what, what stage are you at, at, uh, at medical school, just to give people a little bit of a background as we start. Yeah, so I'm a fourth-year student at St. Louis University, and I'm not taking Step 2 CK till August 9th. So I am busily doing tons of multiple-choice questions, and trying to up my average, and um, just got done with the rotation. Fourth year, you have a lot of elective opportunities, so I just finished up at the county jail providing primary care to all the inmates there, so that was a very um, diverse and interesting experience. Um, so... Uh, wow, that's uh, yeah, that, that, that's definitely a different uh, brand of medicine, and, uh, you know, not judging. I mean, you just you just see a lot of you know, or probably, um, you know, different type of cases that you would not see in a different setting. Um, and you probably learned a lot during that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of polysubstance abuse, a lot of unmanaged um, chronic conditions. So it was, it's very rewarding to be a primary care provider in that setting because it's a field that really uh, needs a lot of, a lot more family med physicians. Um, so I was very happy to be there. And my family med mentor, Dr. Rodnick, who's giving a talk at um, National Conference on Thursday, is a medical director there. So I got set up with him um, throughout my med school experience, and then it's, he brought me on to the jail. So I've been very fortunate throughout my med school years. Oh, very good. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, – I remember those days. I won't uh, go on with the whole show or remembering about that, but uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people who listen to the show can definitely reflect uh, back on that. Um, so, so as we kind of uh, kind of officially start out, I mean, I, I always, uh, you know, all my friends that come on this show, you know, I always start out with a very hard question to uh, to really rattle you guys uh, first. Um, but, <laughs> um, and um, you know, I'll ask that Diana go first, and, and then Aaron, you can follow that. Uh, you know what? You know, I, I, I do this show cause to celebrate family medicine. I think family medicine is is, is the best job um, in medicine. And uh, so, so when you talk to people, when when you talk to undergrads, when you t- talk to high school students, or even your community, um, you know why family medicine is cool. What what do you tell them? And 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 you know why are you making you know this career choice to be a family doctor? Diana, why don't you go first? Uh, well, for me, it's it's all about continuity. I think that one word sums it sums it up. Continuity over time. I love the idea of being able to take care of a woman, um, help her, you know, get her women's health, her annual maintenance when she's ready to have a family, um, be with her through a pregnancy, uh, do the prenatal visits, deliver the baby, take care of mom and baby. That has so much appeal for me. But I also think that there's something very strong, there's kind of, I think, an untapped power to the family unit. And I think that family doctors are very well poised to um, intervene on the family level. That's actually a research interest of mine, and so I'm working on a actually a curriculum for high school students to um, teach small behavior, lifestyle behavior changes within their families, um, so changing from soda to water, the kind of small change that you really need to have the whole family involved in order for it to actually work. Um, and that can actually make a big difference. So 
um, that sort of sums it up. Okay. Uh, Aaron, uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, so similar to Diana, I really was attracted to family medicine because of its depth and breadth, the cradle-to-grave care. Um, I'm interested in working with urban underserved, and um, family medicine really gives you the skill set to take care of that population. Um, I worked at a homeless shelter before med school, and that prompted me to really look hard at family medicine um, because it really gives you the knowledge base to treat people with limited means. Um, The diversity that family medicine gives you and its commitment to patient and community health, which I found throughout med school, was really unique amongst all the different specialties. I've had amazing role models, um, and there's a certain rebelliousness that I really like about family medicine and its um, advocacy efforts. (laughs) So there's so many different reasons why I really care deeply about family medicine. And and either one of you can jump in. I mean, do you come from anybody in your family who's in the uh, medical field at all, or or do you remember back when you were an undergrad or even in grade school? Kind of influences, um, you know, first medical school and then and then. Well, you did talk a little bit about uh, family medicine already, but but what uh, you talk a little bit about, you know, um, what drew you to, you know, uh, to medical school in the first place? Well, um, I don't have any medical professionals in in my family. Both my parents are accountants, so um, I never have to worry about my taxes. But, um, nice, nice. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm good for a while, I think. But, but for me, I, I actually, the only exposure I ever really had to medicine prior to being in medical school was my primary care doctor. Um, and so that, to me, is what I always thought medicine was. And it just made sense to me that you go to someone, your family goes to someone, and they take care of all your needs. So that just, in my mind, just worked, and that was what medicine is supposed to be about, um, preventive health and then also management of things long-term, acute care, the whole nine yards. And you develop a relationship with that person, and your family has a relationship with that person. Um, so that's just in my mind. That's what medicine was. And then it wasn't until I got to med school that I realized, wow, there, there are a lot of, people have a lot of other different versions of medicine. And, and in third year, I had a lot of opportunities to um, see what those versions are. And, and uh, I thought to myself, no, still a family doctor at heart. It's something, <laughs> it's, just, it's just in your head and in your heart, it just makes sense. <laughs> That's great. I like that. And like Diana, I do not have any physician members of my family. My dad's an economics professor, and my mom is a speech pathologist. So I didn't really have any physicians in the family. And I thought for a long time I was going to be a pediatric cardiologist because I have a heart condition. So it connected with me um, emotionally. But then, you know, once I was thinking about it all throughout um, my pre-med years, and then it was confirmed through the experiences I had before med school that, Family medicine was where it was at for me, um, just because of the reasons I said before about the diversity and the depth and breadth. Um, I, and I get uh, I get a lot of questions in general, just just from um, undergrads and, and high school students. And um, you know, since uh, you know, Danny, you, you have a you know uh, um, an interest in 
know, you know, teaching those undergrads or letting them know um, about certain issues and things, um, you know, what would you tell them about your medical school experience so far? Um, you know, a, a lot of undergrads tell me, you know, Dr. Savella, you know, I don't really, I don't know if I could do that, or I think that would be, you know, too intense for me, or, um, you know, I, I don't know if I, I can really get through that kind of very difficult and rough and that type of curriculum. Um, if you would, uh, you know, have a high school student ask you about your medical school experience up to this point, Diana, what would you tell them? Well, I mean, I would say that it is very hard. It is very intense, but you, it's also very rewarding. And honestly, even that eight-hour test that I took today, each question that I had that, you know, I had seen patients, I'm not just remembering diseases anymore. I'm remembering the people who I had the privilege to take care of with those conditions. And that's when it starts to get really rewarding. And, and you may not see it for a little while. It's kind of a long-term investment in time and effort and money. But it does pay off eventually. And, and you will never know until you try. You will never know what you are capable of until you challenge yourself to be better and do better. So that's... I think that also goes to sort of the, the dedication that people who are interested in medicine, people who want to help others, I think that's sort of a natural drive also. You sort of, you're always concerned because you want to, you care about people and you want to be the best that you can be so that you can take care of people. And there's always a concern that you're going to mess up and you're going to do something wrong. And guess what? You will mess up and you will do something wrong. Um, but you're not going to do that thing wrong again. And you're going to learn from all those mistakes. And that is also what it's about for anyone who's sort of going through it and messing up and, you know, thinking, is this going to get better? Yes, eventually. And I'm allowed to be optimistic now that I've just started fourth year, and hopefully someone will tell me the same next year when I'm an intern. <laughs> and, Aaron, let me ask you, I mean, since, you know, you said that you do have this medical condition, and uh, I'm just kind of wondering, um, you know, because um, you've probably, you know, been in the medical system and, and, and been to doctors and health professionals and things probably more than other type of people, and, um, you know, what do you draw from that as you go through your, you know, third year and fourth year and, and from the perspective of a patient, because uh, I would guess you could tell me if I'm wrong, uh, is that, you know, um, you know, going through the, the, the medical system with your condition and things. And, um, I would think that would make you even a better family physician to kind of have that experience as a patient that you can relate to patients. You can say, Hey, you know, this is what I went through and, and, um, and in your own mind, you're going to be like, well, you know, I'm going to be like these, you know, strong doctors that took care of me a long time ago and, and the doctors that, you know, were not very good in my own mind. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Uh, how, how much would you say that, that your patient experience is, is influencing as far as your medical training? Yeah, I would say it's huge. Um, I was, I've been really fortunate to have great docs take care of me, and I really admired how um, they took the time to answer all my many questions I would have. Um, they took the time to explain things to me. They really uh, broke it down 
and made it accessible when I was growing up and didn't have, uh, you know, any knowledge at all really of, of um, scientific anything. So having that experience really impressed upon me the importance of talking to patients, explaining explaining things in, in detail, taking the time to sit down and make sure their needs are addressed and to be accessible. Um, so there's a lot I take from my own experiences with my heart condition that I, I'm definitely going to, you know, hopefully have, val- you know, value that as I move forward. Um, all right. Um, so on the line with us, we have uh, Diana Tusi from the University of Pittsburgh, and uh, who just completed a huge test today. So, woohoo! Um, <laughs> and uh, we have Aaron Meyer from uh, St. Louis uh, University. Let's um, let's change gears here, and uh, let's uh, let's start talking about this meeting, the American Academy of Family Physicians National Conference of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students. One of the longest names of the meeting that I've ever had. Um, but um, uh, as we start talking about this, uh, I'm going to start with Aaron. I'm going to start with you first. Um, um, can you talk to me about, you know, kind of what first you know, drew you, you know, to the meeting? And, um, you know, when you talk to your colleagues now, when you talk to medical students now, um, what do you tell them? Why is this, you know, the coolest meeting in the world to go to? Yeah, so I first found out about National Conference through the department chair, at my school, uh, Dr. David Schneider, and he really told me how awesome it was and how it was a great opportunity to get involved nationally. So I took him up on it, and when I got to National Conference, I was really blown away by the amazing amount of enthusiasm. I remember going to presentations on EKGs, reading chest radiographs, um, but what really uh, sunk in for me was going to the breakout discussions where a lot of resolutions were debated, ideas were tossed around, and it was it was a really a great opportunity for me because that showed me that I could get involved with the academy and that I could have an active role in shaping um, policy. I could have an active role in, in throwing out ideas to students all across the nation. And it was just a really awesome networking experience as well. Um, so I would encourage all students who are eager for their voices to be here to, to come out there because it's really – it, it really sweeps you up with all the enthusiasm. It's probably my favorite conference of the year. That's great. That's great. And, and Diana, kind of the same question. How did you first uh, hear about the meeting? And, and, and when you talk to uh, medical students uh, and, and trying to get, uh, um, you know, uh, other people to come out uh, to the meeting, what do you tell them? So I'm pretty sure that I first heard about the meeting from the um, amazing and infamous Molly Talley, who is in Pennsylvania, our uh, Pennsylvania Academy's um, Director of Resident and Student Initiatives. And so she just spreads the word so well about all the opportunities going on. And, and so she said, you know, you really have to see what this is all about. Because she knew that I was interested in family medicine. I was just starting to get involved with my um, family medicine interest group on campus, um, and so she said, you know, there's opportunities to learn stuff for your, um, we call them ethnics, your ethnic. Um, there's opportunities for you to learn more about the specialty. You can find out about residency programs. I know you're still a four, uh, first year, because at that point that was sort of towards the end of my first year. She said, I know you're still a first year, but um, they are so excited to talk to you anyways, and you can just learn what kinds of questions to ask. 
And then quite serendipitously, that summer I was doing a rotation, a summer internship. Um, it's called the SEARCH program, Student Experiences and Rotations uh, in Community Health. And I happened to meet Jessica Johnson, who is our now um, student member of the Board of Directors. And she was also going to the conference. And at that point in time, she was planning to run for Congress of Delegates, student representative to the Congress of Delegates. And so I said to her, you know, have you heard about this national conference thing? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going. I'm so excited. And so she got me, me, she got me really um, pumped about it. She said, you know, you really need to print out the schedule and, and see what sessions you like, um, plan out your, your days because they, they fly by. There's so much to do. And she said, knowing you, you're going to want to do all of it. So I followed her advice, and I did plan out my schedule, and I hit up so many different sessions. I mean, it's just a whirlwind to think about it. Um, sessions on global health, sessions on family medicine interest groups, um, sessions on obstetrics, you name it. And I got to go to the exposition hall and talk to residency programs, and my head was swimming because people would say, oh, what are, what are you interested in the residency program? And I'd say, well, I'm just a first year. And they'd say, what? There's no such thing as just a first year. And that's the thing <laughs> about family medicine. They, they care about you from the beginning. So it's, it definitely made me feel, they, they very much welcomed me into this community of um, family physicians, even though I was just the first year. So um, I got to meet some of the uh, regional ethnic network coordinators, and I thought to myself, well, this is kind of a cool job. And I mentioned it to Jessica, and Jessica then dragged me across the room to one of the ASP staff people and said, oh, this is Diana. She's interested in the regional coordinator position. And I guess that person started talking to Molly about it. And then, wouldn't you know it, later that night at the Pennsylvania reception, Molly Kelly sat down next to me and said, so, I hear you're interested in a position. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I said, yes, I, I had had some words with, with Jessica, and she said, all right, then, will you let me know uh, when you want me to put your uh, application materials together? Because the, the state chapter has to um, submit a letter of endorsement of a candidate and all that, and a lot of the paperwork and um, your CV and all that goes through your state chapter rep, um, depending on the state. So um, she just said, well, let me know. And I said, okay, I'll do that then. And I guess the rest is history. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and all those things that I enjoyed when I was a first year are, are the things that I tell others now, you know, check out the sessions, um, the educational sessions, check out the ethnic network, check out the expo hall. Just feel the energy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could definitely relate to to both of those stories. And uh, you know, my first national conference was you know 15 years ago, and uh, um, and, and I had a, a similar story. You know, I was I was coming into the beginning of my second year, and uh, uh, my uh, 
uh, my family uh, medicine club, family medicine interest group uh, faculty member uh, said, hey, Mike, you should go to this. And, uh, you know, even if you're not even interested in family medicine, you should just go and it's going to be a good time. There's a lot of hands-on workshops and uh, uh, you get to meet a lot of people. And uh, the only bad thing is it's Kansas City in the summer, but you're always inside, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, and uh, eventually, you know, I started to like it and, uh that faculty member ended up being uh, my program director for, for my residency. So, so you really make some connections even um, early in your uh, medical school uh, career. So, uh, and I talked to a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of uh, residents and students and attendings. And, and uh, you know, when they first go to this, uh, you know, most popular uh, family medicine meeting of the entire year, you know, you, you hear these similar stories. And um, it's, it's interesting how, how it's just, you know, just history to kind of repeat itself again and again and again, and, and I love hearing um, about uh, people's first experiences at this meeting and, and uh, subsequent experiences and, and how they, you know, usually people start out with the uh, with the workshops and, and educational programs, and then uh, they usually progress to doing more, and uh, uh, it's just interesting in seeing that, and at, at both of your stages right now, it's just, it's just so very exciting because, uh, um, you know, that you, you've been to the meeting enough that you know kind of what's going on, and then uh, you kind of know what you need to do to start to uh, do a little bit of advocacy and things, and it's just a uh, it's just a fascinating thing. And I know that, that the both of you are already seeing that. You know, uh, when you see you know uh, medical students that are there for the first time, or you bring friends there for the first time, and and, and you introduce the meeting to them, um, you can already see you know some of the potential that 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 was seen in both of you and uh, uh, it's great seeing that um, again and again and again as I can't even remember how many meetings this is uh, for me but uh, uh, it's, it's, it's just a great uh, and, and fun meeting like the both of you said and the energy is just incredible. Yeah and like you're saying um, I think there's definitely a, a sort of pay board attitude you know at this point I now I, I know exactly why Jessica grabbed me and dragged me across the room, and, and I realized that I would do the same exact thing for someone else. I mean, that was really, you know, in terms of my involvement in family medicine, that's that's something that really ticked it off. And so um, we're all so enthusiastic to meet students who are um, just starting to test the waters with their involvement in family medicine and sort of help them navigate that journey. Um, I guess so. Uh, maybe if you, I mean, I, I know each each meeting is kind of a whirlwind. But uh, um, are there certain things that you recall from last year's meeting, uh, whether it's social events or or things like on the uh, floor of the Congress, or or there there's certain things that that you remember from from last year that that you're going to be telling stories this year about uh, medical students who have never been to this meeting or. We're trying to to get your colleagues more involved uh, in the whole process. Aaron, did you know, recall anything from last year that sticks out that was really really cool or something interesting that happened uh, to you last year during last year's meeting? Oh yeah, I love the resolution process. I love the business sessions, um, the debate of uh, various resolutions. Last year, the key ones were the AFP's relationship with the Coca-Cola company, the AFP's relationship with the Ruck. Um, and those were, were fairly spirited discussions, and I really enjoyed the exchange of ideas between students and how that impacted the meeting of, uh, at the Congress of Delegates, And because um, I was elected last year to attend that, or to be the student delegate, and so I got to represent the student's voice 
at the National Congress, and that was that was very meaningful as well, just to put forth the perspective of all of us. And this year, I'm really excited to continue that uh, with resolutions um, like continuation of the National Service Corps students to service and possibly an advocacy internship. So I think the the resolution process is is my favorite part because students' enthusiasm for putting forth ideas and really affecting the academy um, gets put into practice. So, uh, Wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, let me explore this a little bit here. The, a, a, an advocacy internship, can you uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? That, that piques my curiosity. Yeah, so last year we put forth, well, Jessica Johnson drafted a, um, a, a paper on all the different academies, um, internal med and uh, AMAs, uh, their internships that they have for students. The AFP has a internship at the Robert Graham Center, um, but they don't have anything at their legislative office yet. So last year there was an internship resolution that was that was passed, but there was logistical constraints within um, the AFP. So this year they've combined um, legislative offices in D.C. So we're hoping that we can formulate a, like a month-long internship for students who want to engage not only in, in policy writing, but also direct advocacy with, with legislators and people who write policy because we need more people on the macro front. We've got a lot of family physicians concentrating on the physician-patient relationship, but we need more on the population front. So it's really exciting to try to push um, the AFP to, to um, invest more in, in the, the possibility of getting a legislative advocacy internship for students. Wow, that's fascinating. Hmm. Um, and Diana, do uh, you have any uh, um, memories from last year or some things that were really cool that you're going to be uh, telling all the uh, new people that you meet at this year's meeting? Honestly, I have to say, I mean, the, the resolution writing sessions last year are what got me into advocacy. I was really not into the whole political thing, and then I had an opportunity to participate in some of those discussions that Aaron was talking about. And actually, I also wrote a resolution, and um, there was some uh, qualm about the um, wording, and so we had to go back and rework. And so that was definitely an experience. But the other thing for me is I, I'm the regional coordinator for Region 3 for the Ethnic Network, um, and that's um, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, D.C., Maryland, and Uniform Services. So that covers about 30 or so schools, and I actually got to meet a lot of students from the schools that I um, sort of represent uh, or liaise with as part of for the Ethnic Network, and I love meeting students either for the first time or um, meeting students who I have actually talked to over email and putting uh, a name to the face, um, or face to the name, I should say. Um, it's, a, it's a really great experience to sort of further um, develop that relationship. Now, if I remember right, if I, if I were following your Twitter, or, you know, some people call it stalking, but um, if I remember right, you did, like, a road trip to your region. Is that right? You, like, went to all the I, schools? Is that right? Not, not all the schools. I have managed to visit about a third of the schools in my region. I did um, what I called my epic ethnic road trip. Um, part one was I drove from Pittsburgh up through Ohio to Richtown. I saw um, the students at NeoMed. Um, just after they were finishing up at a health fair, and then I met with students from K 
case in Cleveland, and then I was at Toledo, and then I drove up to Detroit um, and met students from Wayne State, and I met also a faculty member, I believe she's from uh, MSU, and then drove all the way home. And then part two, a week later, was I got on a megabus and went out to D.C. and met with students from... Um, sorry, George Washington, um, Georgetown, and now UCIS, uh, Uniformed Services uh, Medical School, or University of the Health Sciences. So, uh, and, and those were great opportunities as well. And then also on a separate trip, I've been out to Dayton, and I had a chance to meet with students at Wright State. So it's just really great to hear firsthand what students are doing anything that they're struggling with. And I sort of have the advantage of having read uh, Program of Excellence applications uh, for two years now. And so I've been able to amass this wealth of, of knowledge about ethnic programming and, and events that have gone over really well or things that students have done within their school setting to tweak those events and make them a little bit more applicable to their med school community. And so it's just great to sit down with a group of passionate students and brainstorm. And the, thing, the ideas that some students are able to come up with, I mean, I'm just floored every time. It's, it's really a great, great experience. Uh, and I would imagine that you found some common themes when you, you know, visited all of those places, um, or, or are, I mean, there's probably both. There's probably some school-specific type of issues, and there's probably some global issues that, that all of you uh, talked about during your uh, during your meetings here, I would presume. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are some schools at which the ethnic is one of the largest groups in the school, and then there are some schools where the ethnic is sort of a few really dedicated students putting on events and sort of being at every event, but really sort of um, tugging against many, many other student organizations. Um, but then there's also a lot of common ground, like people who are really drawn to sort of the, the breadth of family medicine and the idea that family doctors can see patients and do procedures. And so um, things like procedure nights go over really well um, at every school that I've ever heard of. So there, there are definitely some common themes, and there are a lot of differences, too. Um, I guess on the line here um, are medical students, and uh, Diana Tusi from the uh, University of Pittsburgh, Aaron Meyer from uh, St. Louis University. And we're talking about uh, the meeting that's going to be in mere hours here in Kansas City, Missouri, the AFP National Conference of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students. And uh, let's uh, kind of shift here a little bit, and uh, let's talk about social media, because uh, that's kind of what uh, got me to invite both of you to be on the show here, uh, that you're both using Twitter, you're both using uh, social media very uh, effectively. Uh, and uh, let me just start out with Aaron here, just I guess as a general social media uh, question. Um, you know, in uh, in your experience, or when you talk with your colleagues um, out there, um, in general, I mean, are are your friends and colleagues are they using social media, um, you know, personally? Are they using it for advocacy? Are they using it for other type of, you know, things in their, you know, work life or home life or study life that that type of thing, Aaron? Mm-hmm. So, I got involved with social media, or at least Twitter, largely because of AFP. I was a regional coordinator, and that was one of the ways that we got in touch with um, all programs across the country. So I got 
in line with Twitter from the AST, um, but as far as advocacy on, on Facebook or, or through other mediums, um, my friends, of course, are all on Facebook, and that provides a great venue for discussion on, on various interesting articles that are posted. Um, family medicine leaders um, are very well connected to Twitter and to Facebook, and um, so I really got involved through that. And as far as um, a lot of other physicians I know using social media, it's largely family physicians, I think, who are, who are most effective at getting the word out on, on new developments on Capitol Hill, new developments in their states. And, and um, it's really been motivating to have so many, um, to follow so many people who are so invested in, in family medicine. So that, that encourages me. Um, Aaron, do you have, is that kind of your main way of getting information is through, you know, social media or, or do you use other means like, I don't know, if people still use email listservs or do you just go to, you know, different sites like New York Times and things to get your information? I'm just kind of curious on, on how you get your information. Yeah, a lot of my information, um, family medicine related comes from their website, AFP News Now. Um, also when, when leaders post articles, I know Kevin Bernstein is really great about posting articles. I, you know, that's another way. Um, as far as my personal news, I, I go to get a lot of my news on blogs. Um, Fire Dog Lake is one of my favorite political blogs that I go to. Um, so all of it is usually online. And when I have a downtime, I'm usually on some apps on my phone, um, either, the Hill or Huntington Post and, and getting articles and just reading them when I have some downtime. So really all my information comes from from the internet. I don't have any I don't have any paper resources. Um how do you aggregate all your stuff? Do you use like a, some kind of aggregator or or not really? Um I'm I'm a flitter. I just flit from site to site, from app to app. Um I don't and then Twitter provides you know, all the Twitter would be my aggregator because um, I'm, I'm following so many different people on Twitter, so I can spend hours just looking at articles that people post there. Um, so it, it's really a great resource. Okay. okay. I mean, really, I'm asking is that you know all the attendees and all the people in suits out there, basically administrators and things. They want to they want to see what what the medical students are using these days because you people, you know, you're the cool people. So that's why I'm asking all these very specific questions. Um, so so Diana, let, let me uh, ask you. I mean, when, when did you first started get, getting into um, you know doing social media? Was it first personal or was it all through AFP? As far as oh, what is Twitter and what is Facebook and that type of thing. Well, I'm definitely part of the, the generation. I mean, Facebook first came out, and I was just starting college, so I'm definitely one of those um, college Facebook babies. Um, but Twitter, I, I actually kind of refused to get into uh, until I had the, the same position with Aaron, actually. I'm pretty sure if you went back in history, our Twitter accounts were created on the same day probably because um, – <laughs> That's when we had our, our regional coordinator, coordinator orientation, which is how we sort of originally know each other. And um, Twitter definitely has gotten me into the more professional setting of social media, and, and now actually my Facebook is a little bit more sort of that, that personal professional bridge because I still, you know, post, for example, 
engagement pictures and things like that on Facebook. Um, and I also post, you know, a lot of family medicine stuff on there as well. But Twitter, I, I definitely use to try and spread the word about family medicine-related things, and, and specifically within the ethnic network. And Twitter is definitely one of the main ways that I get news, especially about family medicine. I follow a lot of family medicine people. And so um, I definitely get a lot of stuff from from Twitter. Now, what Aaron neglected to mention is that he's he's a little bit the blogger himself. So ah, he, he, here we go. He's been known, he's been known to, to write a blog or two in his day. Oh, oh, Diana. <laughs> I would I would guess, and uh, you can either neither confirm nor deny this. It was, I would guess it's probably a little bit politically uh, motivated or, or a political type of blog post. Can you can you say that? Would that be accurate or not? Yeah. So I went to FMCC, the Family Medicine Congressional Conference, and I had just a wonderful time there, meeting with uh, Congressman Carnahan about uh, National Health Service Corps, um, about GME funding. Um, so I. I was motivated to post on the STFM blog and uh, had a really great time putting down my thoughts with that. And um, I, you know, I, I, cause that meeting was just incredible. The, um, the political activism and the, the news. I mean, it just, when I read the Hill and when I read fire dog Lake, all my other political blogs to, and then go to the conference and be in the mix of all the, the percolating, you know, all the new information, all the, all the political, gossip and the up-to-date information. It was just a, a very um, just, and I didn't even need coffee during two days because I was just so wired with all the with all the stimulus that was that provided. So it was really great. To write <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, um, actually, yeah go I, ahead. I just want to say, uh, at, at the Family Medicine Congressional Conference, Twitter was pretty big at that one, too. I mean, there are a lot of people who I had never met before but I had tweeted, and so I met them in person for the first time at the conference, and it was sort of a strange thing because I already had interacted with them. Strange but cool. And, and the same thing um, back in February when I met um, actually Jay Lee for the first time. Uh, he was coming out of a, a meeting, and I was sort of lurking in the hallway waiting for another meeting to start in that same room, and he stopped and he said, you're going explosion. <laughs> and I was yeah, I know you too. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it uh, happens. It happens. Um, let me give a big shout-out to everybody in our live chat room here right now. We have uh, PK, Peggy K, long-time uh, friend of the show and friend of the block. Uh, welcome to the show here tonight. And, and Kevin Bernstein is in the chat room, so we can feel free to make fun of him. Uh, at will uh, during this uh, during this show, uh, and there's some guests in there as well. Today. Thank you for uh, for joining us. Um, so um, let me uh, let me uh, uh, crank things up here a little bit, and uh, we'll we'll pick on the the residents here a little bit since since Kevin's here. Uh, but um, and I'm going to go to you, Diana, first. So uh, you know, we're, I I wrote this blog post about uh, you know this meeting going to be the most socially media connected of of any meeting for any residents and students, and uh, um, I really believe that. Um, so how, how how would you like to see the meeting on uh, social media? What what is kind of your wild and crazy dream of of having you know the, the the meeting broadcast out there on social media, what do you want to see happen in the next uh, three or four days on social media 
uh, pertaining to this meeting? Well, I think it would be great for students if they're not on Twitter, because I'm I'm not sure how many medical students are really on Twitter who were prompted by the AASP um, or who are maybe on Twitter for personal reasons to sort of get into that family medicine Twitter network and have that opportunity. Um, I think uh, the National Conference is a really great opportunity for people to get connected and stay connected throughout the year. Um, so, I, I mean, I made a friend at last year's conference who I have kept in touch with largely through social media, and I did get to see her a couple times through the year, but it's because of social media that we were able to keep in touch and maintain that friendship. And I'm actually really looking forward to seeing her this week. So, um I think for people to sort of develop those online networks and sustain them so that you can take that energy of the family medicine revolution home with you, um, wherever that is. If your home institution maybe doesn't have a lot of exposure to family medicine, I think that's where it really, really shines. And I think we have the opportunity also to get the word out about a lot of things, about resolution writing, about the student congress, um, and also, I know there are a bunch of sessions that I won't be able to attend because I'll be, um, you know, on a reference committee or doing a lot of the FMAG sessions or working with the regional coordinator from the FMAG sessions. So I'm really hoping that uh, to see some live tweets from a lot of those sessions that I'll be missing. Um, and Aaron, I'll, I'll go to you next. Uh, you know, how, how do you want to see this this uh, meeting kind of explode out there on social media, and why? Why? <laughs> Why will the medical students do a so much better job on social media than the residents? Why do you think that? <laughs> oh, there's so many reasons why medical students will do so much better than the residents. Um, I'm hoping to use Twitter as a way to generate enthusiasm, particularly live tweeting sessions, um, tweeting uh, the Congress business sessions, just increasing awareness about what's going on throughout the conference. Um, and I'm also hoping to use it as a tool to increase student involvement in leadership positions. Um, so the regional coordinators have been making a push for as many students as possible to sign up to Twitter to just um, so that they know what's going on all around the Congress. Um, so we're, we're tweeting with, of course, the hashtag AAFPNC. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get as many people as possible who are engaged and, and um, who are willing to get swept up in the incredible energy of this conference. Um, my guests on the line um, are uh, Diana Tusi from the University of Pittsburgh and Aaron Meyer from uh, St. Louis University. And uh, kind of in our closing moments here, um, I did want to touch on this, and, and that's why I left it kind of the, to the end of the show, um, is that uh, you, you did a little bit of a challenge on Twitter there last week to people potentially, potentially running for uh, for office, and you put a little ta hashtag out there, and I'm trying to remember what it is. I think it's like uh, AFPNC, vote for me, or something like that. Is is that right? Uh, um, what, what were you trying to, to to do with that? Either one of you can jump in on that. That's that's right. We did um, start the vote for me NC hashtag. We think it would be great for students, and this is not an official hashtag of the national conference. This is just sort of our own little student-driven, student-run experiment. How would it go if the candidates were able to get a little bit more visibility among their peers um, and sort of increase the transparency of the, of the student uh, leadership elections? 
and maybe we could even attract more student leaders that way who maybe aren't necessarily aware that elections are going on, nominations are going on, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh -huh. increasing the visibility is huge um, because there's two there's two posts in in the main um, wing of national conference that that has a rotating um, rotating line of, of tweets and if I, my thought is if we can get as many tweets as possible showing hashtag vote for me and see students are going to find out oh there's there's positions and that's going to generate enthusiasm about oh what is this position and how do I get involved and um, so I'm hoping that we can we can really increase um, student visibility rather than it being limited to some bulletin boards. We can we can bring it into the 21st century and and have student qualifications on Twitter and who students are and, and why they're getting involved. And we can really push that enthusiasm to not only national conference but but to you know all the different users back in their respective places. No, I like it. I like it. I, I, um, I, I'll share with you things that um, that happened during the national conference uh, special constituencies, um, kind of the the meeting after this meeting. That's where new positions and all the rest of the special constituencies are. Um, and uh, during that meeting, uh, they were taking questions from Twitter to some of the candidates during the election cycle, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and they did. They didn't put uh, qualifications out there on Twitter, but I think that's probably kind of going to be the, the next step. Um, uh, so, so I'd, I'll be very curious to kind of see, um, you know, what's going to happen as far as as far as that goes. Uh, uh, are either of you? I mean, did, uh, are your friends and colleagues, uh, maybe not in the AAFP uh, leader community, but but in your own schools, uh, are some of your uh, colleagues in your school on Twitter, or are they still mainly on Facebook and Pinterest and those type of things? Yeah, I've got some colleagues on Twitter, not a whole lot, and it's usually not um, news article posting. It's more, you know, thought of the day stuff. Um, but there, it's getting increasingly more users, and people are curious about how best to use Twitter. So this could be a venue to show students on the, the utility of this social media device. I actually was surprised to find that I have, like, an entire circle of friends who are actually on Twitter, and I didn't even realize it because I'm so enmeshed in the family medicine circle. Um, but it, it's almost kind of like a double life for me because I'm so excited and so enthusiastic about family medicine, um, and I tweet about it and I talk about it, um, but I don't necessarily think they realize how much I tweet about it, and so um, <laughs> sounds like my friends. <laughs> if they didn't, then they do now. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's really funny. <laughs> um, and, and Diana, I, I think that because we kind of chatted on Twitter as well, as far as um, microphone equipment and things. So, so you actually you made a video um, to talk about some of the business um, session process. Do I have that correct? That's, that's right. I, I did a video on um, the, the resolution writing process starting from the beginning. What is a resolution? What happens to a resolution? And then sort of the nitty-gritty, how do you write a resolution? What, what does a resolution look like? What is it composed of? And so um, for those people who are a little more familiar with the FMEG network, I've been making these videos, the State of the FMEG Update. Um, and I've been putting them out about bi-monthly, um, 
And by that I mean every other month. I can never remember if that means twice a month or every other month. But so the sound quality, I was using um, just the microphone on my computer, and I thought, you know what, I think it's time for me to evolve. And the first person I thought of was you. So, <laughs> of course, I t- you know, I tweeted you and asked you what's, you know, a, a reasonably priced um, you know, microphone that I would be able to do some, some sound recording on, and uh, I got the one you recommended. And as you all can hear, if you go to uh, the Family Medicine Fan Med Students YouTube channel, so that's youtube.com slash Students. Um, you can see, you can hear the sound quality difference, I think, between some of the, my older videos and, and then this newest one. But I'm, I'm hoping that um, I will continue to evolve in my video making abilities. I'm trying a lot of new equipment technology um, to get the right feel um, and see where it goes. I have a lot of video ideas, and, and we'll see what comes of it. Well, what did you end up getting? Was it the headset or? It's um, it's a Logitech uh, standalone mic. Stand up mic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's cool. Plug um, it into USB. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and, and just to let the both of you know, um, you know, I am, and all of my Twitter friends will tell will tell you this too, is that you know I'm notorious for using unofficial uh, hashtags during a meeting, and uh, I'm notorious to have staff yell at me for using the unofficial hashtag. So, uh, so don't be afraid of that. <laughs> if, if, if you get these back channel uh, emails and Twitter things uh, telling them to use the official hashtag. Uh, you know, don't sweat it, <laughs> uh, because uh, I I've been known to make up my own hashtags and uh, have people talk to me about it. So that's I don't know. That's my little stupid little thing I have with meetings. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, yeah, we're just we're just looking forward to seeing how how the little pilot project goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and do you guys mind sharing? Because uh, uh, about. Um, um, you know what you're running for this year. You kind of hinted about it on Twitter and, and uh, alluded to it. Uh, would you mind sharing that, or, or, or are you just going to you know leave that for the meeting, which I totally understand? Yeah, so I'll be running for student member of the board of directors. I'd, I'd be very excited to serve in that position just because of the amazing advocacy efforts that the board does. So I would just, you know, again, be thrilled if I could have that privilege. Um, and I'm running for student chair of the national conference, and I love connecting people and staying connected, and so that's, I think, uh, right up my alley. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so board is a, a uh, just let people know out there. I mean, when you run for the board, it's a, obviously a big deal, um, and you have to prepare this huge five-minute speech. Um, which is like I couldn't even do that. Uh, so, um, so something I know that, tells uh, me. Hold on, hold on. Something tells me you would manage to speak for five minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, would, it, I agree with Diana. Five minutes uh, on point. <laughs> I can ramble for like an hour and a half, but speaking five minutes on point is, is challenging for me. And I think, uh, um, I think chair is like two minutes. Is that right? Uh, um. I don't know. I, I'm hoping I get three, but I, I don't know. I think it's sort of is at the discretion of the um, standing national conference chair. So um, ah. I think I, I may find out when I get there. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, the uh, let's see. Oh, oh, wait. Uh, uh, Dr. Bernstein in our chat room is saving me. 
he's saying chair is two minutes, board is three minutes, but he is double checking with his people. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, so he, he will let he'll let us know the, the official thing. So uh, uh, Bernie's correct. Was that right? Bernie's correct. Yeah. Uh, I hate saying that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's going to be making fun of me for three days during this meeting, so I have to I have to I have to do my preempt. Preemptive strike and uh, start picking on uh, the team there. Um, uh, so great, that's uh, th- th- that's excellent. So, well, I, I guess you know, guess in general there. So, so, um, um, so, so, why do you think you would be a good uh, a good board member there, Aaron? Yeah, I think I would be a good board member because I have enthusiasm for advancing primary care's interests, especially. Um, regarding GME funding, um, regarding um, loan repayment, National Service Corps, um, uh, and things that more relate to the board, uh, the Primary Care Evaluation Task Force. Um, I would, you know, I just have such a love for learning about that and and putting forth uh, my ideas and the student perspective. I think I would bring a lot of energy to the table. I've enjoyed interacting with a lot of the board members, and I think I would really have a good time and learn a lot and be able to advocate on behalf of, you know, students and on behalf of the future of family medicine. So I'm, I, I would be just incredibly privileged to, to serve in that capacity. Cool. And, and Diana, so what, what, why do you think uh, uh, you would be a good uh, student uh, chair there? Um. Well, I mean, I have a lot of experiences working with the AFP, and I've enjoyed every single one of them, and so I think that those experiences will help me sort of navigate the position. And, you know, I'm I'm sort of open to innovation and trying new things, and I, and I think that'll suit me very well um, since we're always looking at new ways to, to connect with students, and that I see as sort of the main goal is how do we connect with students. And so I have some ideas about that, and I hope I get to try them out. Wow, that's great. That's great. I was uh, I was too chicken to run for anything when I was a student. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but all 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 my friends back at the time were like, "Mike, you got to run for something." I'm like, "No, come on." I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not good enough. You're all these you know super duper national people, and I'm just me. And so it took me until the last year of my residency to actually run for something, uh, mainly because I just wanted to satisfy my friends who were bugging me for five or six or seven years. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll put my name up, you know, I'll, I'll do my two-minute speech for a resident delegate, you know, I'll lose, and, you know, and then we'll all go to the bar afterward, and then we'll have some laughs about it. <laughs> uh, and then I actually won. I was like, oh, man, I won. Now, now what do I do? <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, looking back, you know, I do have some regrets. I didn't, I didn't get involved earlier, so, so I'm kind of I'm jealous of both of you to kind of, you know, at least really stepping up and, and saying, you know, this is this is something that uh, I think I should do to be an advocate for my patient, be an advocate for our specialty. Um, you know, definitely, you know, wish you, you know, the best of luck. And you know, if if I can, you know, assist in any way, you know, let me know. Um, it, it's fun, you know, seeing people with with all the energy and, and all of your experience and knowledge, you know. Um, come to this moment in time and, and say, you know, I, I really want to run for this position that I think that uh, I would do a good job at. And, uh, um, you know, it's just, it, it's always fun going and, and watching the speeches and, and 
you know, question and answer and, and the debates and things. And uh, I think I just think it's going to be a great meeting. I wish the best of luck for the both of you during this during this process. You're just going to have a such a good time next next few days. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. So it's going to yeah, be a lot yeah. of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I seriously, I look forward to this conference every year, all year. Three days of bliss. Um, and um so so you guys both get in uh, tomorrow is that right or yeah tomorrow afternoon that's right okay wow and your 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 schedule is probably like packed i mean you probably have every moment uh planned uh either with meetings or or with business or being here and there and everywhere is that right yeah well We are going to be very busy, but we're also going to have some opportunity for fun. Diana and I are going to a karaoke bar tomorrow night, so we're going to kick off the conference with some some singing. So we're both very excited about about going to some KC karaoke bar. I don't know which one we're going to go to yet, but it's a lot of fun, too. Very busy, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's the only way you can start off a good national conference is with a good karaoke, you know? Yeah. Man, I, I may have to uh, I may have to go and go and hang out and uh, see what's going on about that. There's nothing there's nothing like a good karaoke bar to start off the meeting, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of stories in the uh, karaoke bars uh, during National Conference, some of which I remember and some of which uh, – because this was before social media there, kids. This was before out there, so I'm sure there's some pictures out there on print that uh, people are saving. Um, at some point when I run for AFP president. So, um, you know, it's, it's always a good time. <laughs> Did you have a go-to karaoke song? Um, I'm not going to say that on the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, my friend who, who served uh, with me on AFP committees know my go-to song. And if they're, on, if they're listening to the show, they'll probably put it out there on Twitter. Uh, but if I show up at... <laughs> At the soiree uh, tomorrow night, um, I may, I may uh, bring it out of the uh, <laughs> out of the cobwebs, <laughs> at least to entertain myself, if not anybody else. That's great. Uh, all right, all right. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's all on my list. Oh, um, so uh, I guess I guess my last question for both of you, specifically when it comes to advocacy. And I always love uh, uh, talking with, with leaders about this as well. Um, and, and, Aaron, I'll go to you first. And, you know, when you talk to medical students and, and they tell you, you know, Aaron, you know, uh, you know, this advocacy stuff, you know, this is really for you. This is for people like you, you know, who really love it. You know, me, you know, it's not really for me. I'm not really interested in it. You know, you know, what, what, why should I, as a medical student, you know, be an advocate for anybody? What, what would you tell them? I would tell them that an an attitude like that would of apathy would would get you nowhere. Um, you can say, oh, you can't you can't change anything, you can't affect anything. But I've heard from legislators time and time again how important it is just to hear people's voices. And if you just think of it as this disconnected process, and and you're you're not engaged, you know you, you've got nothing going on. But if you if you take time to learn the issues and and integrate yourself into the process. You can you can learn, um, and you can really advocate on behalf of, of people you care about. So I would encourage students to um, to make your voices heard because there's so many issues that that will affect you. You know, currently not just down the road like GME funding, loan repayment, 
um, you know, the you know, and stuff that affects patients, like medic whether or not to expand Medicaid. There's there's so many issues that voices are are really important for, and it's these grassroots efforts of of, um, of students and of, of physicians and residents who can counteract some of the the influences in politics that aren't that are aren't so good. So I would encourage students to hold on to that drive and and, and just engage. Um, and Diana, the same question. And you were there once. You're like, hey, this is not really for me. But but when you when you when you yeah. talk to students at this meeting and they say, Diana, you know, this advocacy stuff, you know, it's not really for me. I don't really think I can really make a difference, or you know, I don't really think I'd be good at it. What well, what are you going to tell them this week? I mean, I would say that, like, I actually kind of disagree with with Aaron when he says that attitude will get you nowhere. That attitude is actually what's gotten us into the state that things are in right now. And so we've sort of seen that by physicians not being as politically involved, um, things don't really work out for the health of the nation. And you don't realize that no one is going to advocate for your patients if you don't. You start to have that realization when you see the way that some things in the in the healthcare system are set up, um, and there are a lot of people who are sort of making rules about these things in the healthcare system, and they're not seeing the effects. And someone has to let them know. And if not you, then who? Really, who? Touche, Diana. Touche. I'm not. Well, I'm you know I'm not in your district, so I can't call up your congressperson and say, hey, I think you should change this. It means something, and that's what I found out at FNCC. Um, it means something when your congressperson or a representative from your congressperson's office hears you speak about something that you have firsthand knowledge about. Because they don't have the firsthand knowledge that you have. And they're looking for it. And they're looking for those personal stories because, as I learned at FNCC, uh, politics is less driven by um, hard facts and numbers and more driven by personal stories. And so if we can get our personal stories, which actually line up with the hard facts and numbers, we can be a really powerful force in family medicine. And that feeling that you get from telling your story and listening to, you know, uh, someone who represents you know, the legislative branch of, you know, the U.S. government looking at you and listening to you and nodding along and you can see it resonating with them, then you found your voice. And I would challenge students to do that because you don't know until you found that voice and how incredibly powerful it feels and how incredibly powerful it makes you. Wow. Okay. Well, both both well said. I mean, that is that is um, you know I can I can take that and um, you know play it for you know attending docs out there. <laughs> this is what this is this is what medical students are saying about advocacy, and I think that would convince you know a lot of people, especially um, you know the the apathetic attending um, physician 
the physician that's been out there for a while and who who has uh, maybe lost their way or or is being you know, is really frustrated or feel like they can't make a difference and and uh, that, that, that's one of the reasons why I uh, um, I attend this meeting too is to get energized myself. Um, um, as we close up uh, the show here, I'm going to ask the both of you, you know, kind of, you know, what are you both, you know, looking forward to the most, or what are you looking forward to, um, or or the optional question is, you know, what, what are you hoping is going to happen um, this week? And and um, you know, I, I'm going to share some thoughts first. You know, as as from my perspective, you know, um, you know, being at this meeting um, for many many years, I'm starting out, you know, as a second year medical student and and kind of, you know, looking back, um, you know, I, I go to this meeting, you know, not every year, but I go when I can. Um, and uh, more than any other family medicine meeting um, that I've been to is that I, I really get energized, re-energized every time I go to the resident student meeting. It helps refocus me. It helps uh, me remember um, you know, why I went into medicine, why I went to medical school, why I chose family medicine, um, because the residents and students really keep uh, keep us old guys honest as far as, you know, why you know, why we went into this in the first place. And, and what I'm looking forward to is, is, is not only, you know, meeting up with, with, with old friends, longtime friends, friends that I uh, – uh, that I met when when I was a student and when I was a resident, but meeting uh, new friends and, and meeting the both of you, you know, in in IRL as the kids say in real life, uh, and uh, uh, that, that's going to be fun making new friends and connecting uh, connecting with old friends. And that's why I love this meeting so much. Uh, uh, but but I'll go. Uh, what I'll do is I'll go with Aaron first, and uh, you know, at, um, you know, at at uh, over the next uh, few days, you know, what what are you uh, looking forward to? What what are you hoping? will happen uh, in the next, uh, you know, three or four days at this year's national conference here. So I'm most looking forward to the resolutions and the lively debates that are going to occur on the floor. Um, I'm excited about pushing forward uh, policy that advances uh, family medicine and also advances uh, student interest within the AFP. Um, I'm really, uh, really going to look forward to seeing old friends and, and definitely trying to um, bring new student leaders into into the AFP. Um, I'm excited to network with uh, with the delegates and, and network with um, new student leaders and, and encourage as many as possible to to think about um, running for some of the positions within the academy. Um, I'm excited with with the people who um, sing karaoke with me, including Diana. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, nice. Yeah. And I'm just excited. And I'm also on a on a future note. I'm I'm going to go to a lot of the um, different residencies at the Expo Hall. So I've got my list of different residencies I'll be going to and talking with. So there's so many reasons that you know these these next few days are going to be a lot of fun. And Aaron, what, what, what's your uh, Twitter ID if people want to connect with you? And are you on any other um, um, social media platforms out there like? Uh, um, like LinkedIn or anything else? Mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn um, through uh, my email through that is M-E-Y-E-R-A-A at S-L-U dot E-D-U. Um, I'm on Facebook, Aaron Arthur Meyer, and then Twitter, my uh, my username is Aaron Meyer 626. So I encourage anyone and, you know, I'll, I will accept all of you <laughs> into, into, the, into my Twitterverse. <laughs> 
So <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, and uh, Diana, so what, what are you looking for this week? What, what are you what are you hoping is going to happen uh, uh, by the time uh, you know Saturday night uh, comes around? Well, I mean, considering that Aaron just mentioned everything about the conference, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I I can't wait to see my friends. You know, I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing people who I haven't seen in a while, or I, I you know, my sometimes I forget that we haven't actually met in in person. Um, so things like that, um, and uh, just like. Aaron, I'm a fourth year, so I'll be hitting up the residency hall. I have my list. And, and it's exciting because some of the programs that I'm looking at actually are on Twitter, too. So I'll get to figure out who actually is tweeting from those programs. Um, and uh, just getting connected. And I'm actually also looking forward to meeting some of the students from my region who I know are going, who I've only gotten to talk with via email so far. So, um, But... I think it's it's just like family medicine. It's all about the people, and that's what this conference is. It's it's all about the people. And uh, Diana, where can people find you out there on the interwebs? Yes, um, I'm probably most active family medicine wise um, on my Twitter, which is Diana Explosion, like an explosion of Diana. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well and, played. Uh, nice job. <laughs> What can I say? Actually, Dianosaurus was taken, so I had to go with Dianosplosion, but it, it works. It works. Um, yeah. And then I, I am on Facebook, Diana Cusi. You can find me, and I will not reject you. Um, and I'm not on LinkedIn, but I think I'm going to have to get on there because there's some sounds like there's some things going on there, too. Uh, yeah, some things, but, you know, not that much. I mean, <laughs> you know, Google Plus, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about doing some Google Plus. Pinterest, yeah, whatever. Uh, but that's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'm also so, yeah, on Instagram, you. so if you want to look at pictures from the conference, I'm on Instagram. Ooh, Aaron, you're going to have to teach me how to use that. Yes, I will. Okay. Uh, yes, and I've already seen out there on Twitter. There's been offered for some tweet ups and things. So uh, if you want to keep track of us during the meeting, just just use the hashtag AAFPNC out there, uh, people, and uh, you, you'll be able to uh, see where the fun is happening. And I will make this pledge to, to both of you. And if you're not embarrassed to be out with an old guy, uh, if you do, if you guys are able to get me out to the uh, to the karaoke bar, then I, I will I will I will. Bring out the song that will embarrass me for the rest of the conference, and uh, will probably be on every uh, YouTube uh, page out there associated with the conference because people want to come after me because they're afraid because I'm just so awesome. Yeah, I think we're going to have to start taking bets as to what uh, what song that is. I'm putting my money on "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine Dion. <laughs> and I'm putting my money on 99 Red Balloons. So <laughs> in German, in German. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I should uh, I should put a little uh, you know little um, I don't know <laughs> a little survey on the uh, on the blog or out there on Twitter and uh, uh, maybe maybe I'll just uh, take requests or something I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it's making sure this about me. It's your show, so whatever. Um, and I have to pack, so it's just I'm just uh, really out of control. This is this is the fun part of the show. The last uh, few minutes is when I guess when when the wheels come off. Uh, but uh, um, 
Uh, all right. So, so thank you so much for coming on. I mean, uh, thank you for being good sports. I mean, just to let people know, um, I asked them to come on the show like four days ago, and uh, they were so nice to come on the show um, and uh, uh, be good sports about it. And, uh, you know, because I know, Diana, you're in the midst of studying or uh, procrastinating or whatever that was. And, uh, productive, uh, so, productive procrastination. I'm sorry, procrastination. Productive, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but thanks, thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been a, really a blast for me, um, and it's going to be great meeting you in person and seeing what's going on on Twitter. Um, you know, seeing you guys travel out there, and I'm going to be traveling out there too tomorrow and, and using Twitter and things. And uh, you know, I, I really, really hope, and I know it's going to happen. It's just the social media on these meetings is going to be huge. It's going to be very enormous, and I'm going to be very excited to uh, to see all that happen out there. Um, so thanks again for coming on the show. Safe travels um, out there. You know, I'm sure we'll meet up at some point, um, and I'm really looking forward to, to the next uh, four days. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks again for coming on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. All right, and, and we'll uh, we'll probably talk tomorrow, I would guess. So. <laughs> probably. All and right. <laughs> All right, well, thanks so much, and, and uh, then, then we'll talk tomorrow. So have uh, safe travels out there. Thanks Sounds very good. much, you too. Talk okay. to you later, Mike. All righty, have a good night. Bye. All righty, kids. So well, that's the show here for uh, tonight. So uh, thanks a lot to my guests. Uh, Diana Tucci from the University of Pittsburgh just took her boards today, her next step in her boards. Uh, and uh, that she <laughs> took her boards and she comes on this show. So that's that's really devotion of family medicine out there uh, to your kids. Uh, and Aaron Meyer from uh, St. Louis University. And uh, thanks for both of them uh, for, for coming on the show. And they're going to have a very busy week. Uh, you can track all of their uh, what they're doing on Twitter out there. Um, and especially with the hashtag, the hashtag for the meeting, the official hashtag for the meeting, <laughs> the official hashtag for the meeting is AAFPNC, um, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Um, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be uh, in the office a half day, and then uh, jumping in my car and going uh, to the airport, and then uh, landing in Kansas City. I think uh, I want to say about uh, three or four o'clock local time. Uh, so for all my stalkers out there, that's when I'll be there. Uh, so you can start stalking me there as well. Uh, so, so yeah, so thanks a lot for, for joining me. Um, it's going to be a great next uh, few days. You know, follow me on Twitter at Dr. Mike Sabella. Also go to uh, the Facebook page for this show, uh, facebook.com slash famnedrocks, also familymedicinerocks.com. And I may be doing a little bit on my uh, Google Plus account as well, so uh, you can get all the information out there. Um, at uh, FamilyMedicineRocks.com. Thank you, everybody who uh, is in the chat room um, and uh, who are listening to the show live. And also, thank you those of you who downloaded the show afterward, especially those of you who may be uh, listening to this on the plane out to uh, Kansas City. Uh, you're already getting infused with the excitement um, of the National Conference this year. So that's all I have for you this evening. All of you going out to Kansas City, hey, you know, um, you know, connect with me out there on Twitter, you know, and uh, we, we should meet up and, uh, and uh, you know, hang out and make fun of people. No, I didn't mean that. Uh, well, maybe just Kevin Bernstein. I'm just kidding. Uh, the Twitter war has begun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the SmackDown, whatever. Uh, my name is Mike Sabella, and uh, follow me at uh, FamilyMedicineRocks.com, uh, and uh, we will end the show here um, with the theme song from one of my favorite TV shows uh, growing up. 
Uh, I will see all of you out there in Kansas City in person or out there on Twitter. Good night, everybody. Well, we're moving on Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.